This is The Beige and the Bold, and today we are watching Sub Rosa. I am Van Belding, and I watched this episode when it originally aired. And we are looking at another solo session, and three, two, one, engage. I did actually have someone to do this for me, and we had scheduling issues, and we've got it together. Wow, this outdoor colony space looks like a fucking set. Uh... And we did it, and we recorded, and their audio was messed up, and they just don't have the time to re-record it before I need to get this episode going. So, it's a big tragedy. Thank you for trying, Josh. Fuck of an episode. Where it's just, well, like... It's a crazy episode. It's a crazy episode. I, it's, there are a lot of episodes in Star Trek The Next Generation with ghosts i've gone over this before but never have we fucked a ghost before well spoilers i get ahead of myself so i like this traditional ceremony and it says we hope to remember her memory will be kept alive within all of us that is a secularization of uh the classic christian thing that they do i know ashes to ashes i don't know the whole thing they got all these people in tartans and stuff. My understanding is that the colors for these tartans are pretty specific. You can't just throw a Scotsman in plaid and uh, call it culture. Couture. Uh, this fella, nice hair. He looks like the cover of a gosh darn romance novel. The skies are as red as any DC crossover event. Oh, there's a lady of color who's also Scottish. How great, how progressive. It's good that Star Trek's thinking about that. I thought we were going to roll directly into the scene... Where Captain Picard then talks to an alien and goes, hey, you're not Scottish because you're an alien. And it, it kind of contradicts itself. It's like, oh, it's kind of progressive. It's progressive where it counts, admittedly. So this episode is called Sub Rosa. And just a little rule of thumb for all of you guys out there. Uh, if a Star Trek episode has a Latin name, it is trying to compensate for not being a very good episode. Let's compare this to... Um, the other Star Trek The Next Generation episode. Oh, right. There's no other Star Trek The Next Generation episodes that use a Latin name. That is right. There are two Deep Space Nine episodes that do that. Dramatis uh, Personae, which if you are a longtime Deep Space Nine fan, your brain has automatically forgotten because that shit will ricochet right off of it. Uh, Cleon ship explodes, and because it has psychic orbs on it, psychic orbs from a Cleon ship that they found the orbs in the Gamma Quadrant, but they're psychic orbs imprint on the senior staff for reasons, and it makes them take on the roles of people in an ancient power struggle, and then all of those telepathic emanations get blown out into space, where there won't be any trouble at all, sir. Uh... The other one is Inter Arma Enum Silent Legas, which is also a bullshit episode. Fight me, nerds. Um, there are a handful of Voyager and Enterprise episodes with Latin names. Please hold your guests. And there are two episodes of Star Trek Picard. You may gasp now uh, in your, your mock sarcastic surprise. There are... Uh, Two or three episodes of Discovery. I'm not here to knock on Discovery. I don't watch it. But yeah, that is 20% of all Star Trek Picard episodes who um, 
they have to have Latin names because they're making up for not being very good. I, it's not fair. I don't want to be like one of those. Oh, the original series was the best. Oh, you're you all just like the old stuff because you're used to it. I th- I think you know I can't deny that that's the case. I'm I'm going to be more amenable to stuff that I watched as a kid, except for of course episodes about uh, Doctor Crusher fucking a ghost. Spoilers. Um. In this cemetery, this isn't a good look for it, but there are actual gravestones with the name of Marty McFly and Darth Vader on it. Not, you can see, there you go, McFly, bam, Vader. Uh, I'm sure you couldn't read them on a standard deaf television. It's just one of those little production things where people go, hey, you know, we gotta put names on the gravestones. I know what we can do. It's real fun, if you think no one's gonna see it. So they got a really old weather control system. I hate weather control systems as a concept. They're fine when international terrorist organizations like Cobra do it. It's in their idiom. I find it less compelling when places like Ryza and Scotland Planet do it. Um, because uh, it just seems very unnatural. Like two episodes ago, Picard's like, we should let these people die and let nature take its course. Anyway, how's the weather generator doing on your shit Scotland Planet? You fucking hypocrites. Um... But whatever, Picard's going to help with their weather control device. Just live on the planet with the weatherman. Adapt to the new climate. Learn new techniques to survive in extreme circumstances of... Let me check my notes here. Foggy. Fucking losers. So, uh... Right. I don't want to I don't want to overlook the original series. So, the original series, uh, in terms of episodes with Latin titles... Oh... Oh, it doesn't have any. Neither does Lower Decks either. Uh, and I think both of those data points prove my hypothesis. I don't think you need a Latin title if your episode's good. That's why Nemesis is a Latin word. And if you're a Nemesis fan, I, I think you'll believe that. Anyway, nice rustic cottage. Nice uh, hearthfire poker. Nice picture with frame showing a picture of Nana. And uh, Dr. Crusher. I like they got the old school uniform. It's good. It fits. And just little touches of, of things going back in time. You know they had to find one of those old episodes. Suit up Gates McFadden. Pull her hair back and bing bang boom. Picture with Nana. So why does everyone in this universe have dead ass parents? You live in the future. I know a lot of your parents are Starfleet officers and therefore courting death for the emotional high, basically. And something, something, oh, look, it's a plot-relevant candle. And, you know, like like they're courting death because it's a cool thing to do. It's the human condition to want to go out and beam down to a strange planet in a jumpsuit. I get it. You know, you want to live. You want to be alive today by following policy. And dying because policy can't cover every contingency. But um, a lot of these people have dead-ass parents for the uh, luxurious, safe future they live in. Nana's smart. Nana's like, nah, I'm just going to hunker down here and fuck a ghost till I die. At 101. That seems way smarter than putting on a uniform and getting killed by Armus. Or Mines. Or uh, Cardassians. Gates McFadden is really nailing the the complex feelings of bereavement here. 
You know, she can't deal with constant bereavement. Most people can't. Um. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Red alarm. Oh, that's my Red alarm. alarm. God damn it. This thing's been quiet all day. That is my Star Trek Lower Decks pack led ship red alarm ringtone. Fair enough. So, yeah, I guess we got to talk about this episode. Um, Prop Master was all over the place for this one, obviously. Um, lots of really great props here, you know. You're, you're outfitting a house, but not just a house, a rustic throwback house of traditionalists. She has, she has sage drawing in the rafters. I assume that's sage. I don't know if that's sage. Dr. Crusher did mention her grandma before. Um, the Arsenal of Freedom, I think it's season one. This freaking dude, I appreciate he thinks that he is the race stands of the 24th century. But, buddy, you're not. You can't even win a fight with a ghost. I guess if he was the race stands of the 24th century, he'd be angling for the beach out of this. He definitely wants some oral sex. Maybe he's more like the Egon Spangler of the 24th century. Anyway, this fella is like, hey... That ghost killed your grandma. Grandma lived to be 110, man. If anything, any variable X factor in a Starfleet officer's life seems to mathematically stand to increase it significantly. Do you know how many dead-ass Starfleet officers there are out there? A lot of them. I just don't think he understands what a curse is. A candle that gives me orgasms from a hot dude? That's, that's the opposite of a problem. Would I rather my eyes be green? Eh. 50-50. Yeah, could... Yeah, you know Howard Wynn so well you can't fucking talk to him. This guy has fucking 4chan to be on in any minute now. He's completely incoherent. And it seems like if he could just quit being an asshole for five fucking minutes, he could get... He could make some kind of expositional thing happened, but he can't because we're playing by sitcom rules now. Well, I guess we're playing by Harlequin romance novel rules. I mean, in all fairness, okay, Star Trek plays with a lot of genres. They do horror, they do Lovecraftian horror, they do comedy. Uh, most of what they do is drama, they do action. There's always a little bit of action in these episodes. So, it is fair for a Star Trek episode to do a Harlequin romance novel. And given that, my understanding is that women like this episode. Men, mm, not so much. Uh, I think they they probably did it well. I'm no judge of these things, but this may have been an effective uh, romance storyline. This may have been a good A-quality bodice ripper. I don't, I don't know. Um... With the exception of scenes like this, where an old bald guy talks about a weather machine, I feel like he could have just been a little sexier. I mean, you don't have to drape this guy in earth tones. Like, every every bit of this guy's everything is wrong to be attractive. It's like, we want to make a, a vagina-free solid for every episode he's in. He's your cooldown. This is interval trading. For your lady parts, I guess. Just stop and start. Stop and start. The uh, stop in this part is obviously Dr. Crusher. I know women are into Jean-Luc Picard. Um, my regrets regarding Star Trek Picard. 
34 years old. Wow. I mean, <laughs> what a young kid. Isn't that weird, right? When I was young, I'm like, how is 34 sexy in a man? But, um, and now I'm like, ugh, that's kind of young. It's kind of, he's not a spring chicken. He's kind of just like a early summer chicken at that point. But still, one of the earlier seasons of chickens, clearly. You know, there's a lot going on there. It's a chicken that occasionally gets tired, man. We all get tired. Uh, so, she's reading through her grandma's journals at an alarming pace. Have Data do it. Data should do it. <laughs> yes, we're all old, Captain Picard. We're all old. She should have Data read those journals and then give it back to her in her grandma's voice. Data's known for doing that. That would be so messed up. It'd be great if Data did that and he's like, anaphasic organism. I got a, I got a proton pack. Where's the, where's the crazy old guy with the mustache? Ned Quint. What a, ah, God. It's hard to, it's hard to ironically appropriate the, uh, linguistics of bottom feeder internet cultures, ironically, right? It's hard to do that without doing it, without sounding like I'm earnest. Where it's like, oh, wow, what a beta cuck. But it's like, mm, if I say that, will people know I'm not being serious? And if I say it in one episode, do I get carte blanche to say it in the future? Or do I have to qualify it every time? It's better to just not worry about it. Say what you will about Gates McFadden's O face in this episode. Uh, we could see a lot of Marina Sirtis's uh face in this scene. And uh, she nails it. <laughs> I like her enthusiasm. She's happy for her ladies to be having good erotic dreams. But that is a... <laughs> uh, a series of looks of slightly increasing alarm and discomfort. Marina Soto should have gotten an award for this scene. Everyone else, possibly firing squads. Uh... <laughs> um... These little girl talk things are great. We talked in the first, the first run we did of this, we talked a little bit about the Beckel test, which is a rock bottom measure of feminism in media, where can you approach even the low standard of having women in a story which are developed to the point that two women with names can talk to each other about something that is not a man. And I don't want to get into the gender identity of a candle. Obviously, it's a dude. And whether that candle ghost has a dick or not, um, he's making it happen. So, you know, I don't think any of us can doubt the, um, the, the gender fluid ghost. If there was only a guy left in the Howard line, would, uh, also, how could it be the Howard line? It's her grandma's mom's Mom. Wait. Shit. Dr. Crusher's maiden name was Howard. It had to be Dr. Crusher's dad. Dad's mom. For her to have the Howard maiden name. Otherwise, a Howard married a Howard. But they talk about how her mom died so young. And so she couldn't inherit the candle. But no, 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 we've seen Beverly Howard before. We've seen the name Beverly Howard. One second. 
Did a Howard marry a Howard? No relation. Beverly Howard. Beverly Cheryl Howard Crusher. Okay, so I, I just, I guess women can keep their name in the future. I forgot about that. It's the future. Culture's different. So uh, she took Crusher because she chose to take Crusher. Also for the future, lots of people only having one kid. Sometimes you got to have a safety kid, fellas. I know it's the future. I know that population demographics, you know, they, they curve out. People are comfortable. You don't need large families anymore. Easy access to birth control. No one wants to shove a person out of their, their, their vagina. I get that. I understand that intellectually. Maybe I don't get it. But okay, all right, you have one kid. But seriously, if that kid joins Starfleet, I don't know, adopt. Adopt a baby alien. You know? Uh, then flowers is weird. Flowers suddenly appeared on the grave. Good little ghost things. I guess this is trying to be a ghost story, but once... Uh, once we get to the seduction thing, once you get Dr. Crusher in bed with the nightgown slipping off of her shoulder, I you can't go straight ghost story anymore. Now it's just scary thrilling. Erotic. Erotic. Those big green storms, as you do, and they call them, they call them hurricanes, Will, uh, when they're that big. Like, wow, we got totally, totally side side. Sideswiped by this huge storm that's also green. Has anybody looked into the greenness of it? Are you going to be asking why the system's so messed up? Guys, it's it's really messed up. Again, I don't like weather systems. You know, just deal with the weather. And also, fewer things for a ghost to fuck with. Also, if the ghost could fuck with weather systems... It's, we're really lucky as a society that um, it, it's on this rustic backwater, don't like electricity colony. If it wasn't like a real colony with electricity, it'd be like, ah, we got weather control systems all over the fucking place. Plus, bitches everywhere. I just think that the, the concept behind the candle ghost really fits in this rustic environment and if it was anywhere else it would be thriving it would be living its best life and he's not even he's not even like the ghost in star trek 5 the final frontier being like bring me a ship he is like hey uh no i'm gonna stay here forever and just draw ladies in and bone forever but also what's up with wesley is he dtf by pan curious what's we gotta set up wesley one day to uh Get a pinch of the Scottish flu. Um, Scottish fly? Vitamin Scots? Vitamin D. The actor's name is Duncan. Go that way. But um, <laughs> now, in addition to summoning hurricanes and carnations, we learned he basically is Orgasmo, the superhero from the well-forgotten movie from the 1990s about the creators of South Park, Orgasmo. I, I timed that pretty poorly. Look, Bev, you're really good at your sanity checks, but you're weak versus orgasm. And that's, you know what? You're just human. What do we want from you? 
you're not Superman. You just, you just love the orgasms. And honestly, same. I get you. Oh God, she's kind of the race stands of this episode. But also, um, she's a little more emotionally abusive. I mean, he's qualified, imminently qualified. Just being like, I loved your grandma. Just like I love you, Beverly. It's like, we just met. Hey, are you the guy at the front of the Costco in Idiocracy? Because, I mean, that came real easy. <laughs> Speaking of things that came easily. All right, let's go upstairs. So, <laughs> he's, uh, I don't know. I just feel like the ghost should do long-term planning. Yes, boning women for like 800 years, 1647 to the 24th century, yeah, so he's he's doing pretty good for seven hundred years of bone. Oh here, oh just like don't don't get me on the math here, okay? Um, and apparently he's just been bouncing from woman to women, using them for their incredible lifetimes, and then moving on to their child, moving on to their daughters when they die. He honestly seems more like a symbiote than a parasite, to be honest with you guys. Always having women? Does he does he juggle eggs? How does he make sure that... Wait. No, 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 no. To do the XY chromosome, they have to juggle, juggle sperm. Fair enough. Well, your family moved into the galaxy. They brought the candle with them. I mean, figure it out. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Ghosts can't go through starships. They're not fire, idiot. Like, yes, ghosts can go on starships. It's fine. They can be anywhere. They can be on goddamn starships. They spend most of the time with their ghostly center of mass uh, stuck inside of a gravity plate, but that's how it works, you know? That's centers of gravity for you, plus intangibility. It'd be super awesome if a ghost rope popped through a bulkhead and spun kick Ronan right now. What are you doing? She already got uh, old grandma nighties going on here. I, again, I like the little bits where they're aboard ship and you get the slice of life stuff. Like uh, Troy and Crusher going to mock Brock classes together and Deanna sensing that Dr. Crusher's seeing someone. And she's happy for it. Until um, she learns that it is her grand. She's getting her grandma's sloppy seconds. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was too far, that was too far. That wasn't... You guys expect better of me. She's getting her grandma's spirit sloppy seconds. That's what's happening here. Um, so, I I also talked about this in the first run of Ronin being a name. Allegedly, the crew did not know that was Japanese for super cool guy who's not bound and basically has a motorcycle in the Edo era. Um, but it, Ronin... Ronan uh, is actually a, a real Scottish name that real Scottish people have. So, all right, point Star Trek nerds. Deanna, as a good friend, expresses her concerns to Dr. Crusher, but Dr. Crusher's on that vitamin D. What you're going to do? You know, he's addicted. She's lost in the. Nope, can't do that one. That's too far. Look, uh, what I'm saying is that. Uh, you know, Dr. Crusher's clearly, in case McFadden's nailing this, uh, made her decision completely happy, not listening to anyone, 
That's really great. Cool, I appreciate your concern. Don't call us, we'll call you. That kind of thing. Um, and so, you know, like, it's it's creepy. It's a little scary. It puts us off. It's the horror in the horror, thriller, erotic episode. Oh, God. I wasn't even bonering, but I'm less bonering now. You guys signed up for Scotland. Such a shenanigans of a C-plot. I, I know that Ronan is using the weather device to something. Uh, maybe get off the planet. Maybe just get Dr. Crusher. I'm a little fuzzy on it, and it's really difficult to care. But now, now it's fog on the Enterprise. This is a legitimate mystery. Whatever. So, it's disengage the power transfer the ghost can travel along the shut it off find a breaker and shut it off are breakers lost tech no you need to beam down go to the part of the enterprise that's making the beam and and just separate it from the part of the enterprise that makes the power it's just a giant breaker is there a scary dog in front of it just shut it down god So these, uh, these panels do actually look somewhat like older technology panels. They don't have the Elgar's style that we see on the Enterprise. It's old blue and green uh, elements. This motherfucker? He's a crazy person who has no idea what he's doing. Data, stop him! He's trespassing. Data, people could die from the weather. Like that guy, he just died of lightning. And Old's disease. How scary. Scary. Man, it is hard to give a shit about this episode. Especially all the non-sex ghost things, because uh, the sex ghost story is pretty compelling. You know, like, stuff is happening. Um, You know, like, you at least understand there is a ghost. It wants to bone Dr. Crusher. Feeling is basically mutual. Uh... Fair enough. How are they going to navigate this? How will these star-crossed lovers uh, make it work? You know? But, um... But here we are just doing, uh, whatever. Dr. Crusher really phoning it in. Because that's her name. Oh, is this the first time we hear about anaphasic energy? Yeah. What is anaphasic energy? It just makes ghosts. That's what we know. Doesn't have a ghost. Does have a ghost. And, uh... Yeah. It just... I, I don't... Like, there's only so much you can say about this. Just anaphasic. What if we drink every time they say anaphasic? That'll be, uh... That'll be fine. So... Yeah. She's like, hey, I'll beam up, have Dr. Solar do it. She's like, hey, don't tell her to do her job. She's busy. She, she, how she delegates is no concern of yours, boner killer Maximus. All right? So. I, I like There's some interesting play of her being kind of addicted here. Don't know what she's addicted to. I mean, his love baby. Yeah, I get it. She can't get enough of it. But, uh. 
still, she's, she's trying to investigate Ronan a little bit. She feels the ghost might be a suspect. Are you a dangerous ghost? Are you killing people? This guy, by the way, is played by um, Duncan Ragnar, Rhaegar, which is a pretty spacey name. Anyway, he's, he's going to play uh, in Deep Space Nine a guy named Shikar earlier. Let me tell you, Shikar is the most boring guy, and you can know that because he dated Kira, and Kira's taste in men is beige. And this, then, and the the hairstyling and presentation of Duncan Rhaegar is one of the very few ways in which TNG manages to be less beige than Deep Space Nine. I don't know how he'd look. He's got it going on. I think it's mostly the hair. Vest and cravat. I like anything with a high collar. That's just that's just a personal weakness. But um, yeah. So <laughs> the power transfer beam. I can travel along it. Say what you will about the man, he's a good actor. He makes that credible. And he's longing and sensitive and exploitative all at the same time. He's packing a lot into this. Case McFadden's going, you know, um, enthralled, aroused, needy, concerned. She's wrapping up a lot of stuff herself. She's, she's doing pretty good with this. Um, I don't know if it's progressive to have Maybe we'll talk about that whenever we get there. But there's a lot going on. She's kind of falling apart. It's weird and it's messy. And she's she's kind of nailing it. <laughs> yeah, I guess it makes two people in that room that are nailing something. So, uh, hey, there we go. Some addiction signs of her, her eagerness to get this done. I just think she, she should get a Zippo. You don't need an entire piece of your medical kit to light a candle you know ordinarily if there's a fire on the ship a fire suppression system will activate put it in a force field and suffocate it i assume she deactivated that the minute she got off the transporter pad i mean say what you will about the relatability but i i don't get this way about sex is that how people get about sex sometimes if you find someone to give it to you really good do you get like this about it How often was Nana getting it? Because uh, she has fallen apart over here in like 10 minutes. Did Nana just bone till she croaked? I don't know. Yeah, I, I pretty much did steal that from Epic Rap Battles of History. Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, and Raphael versus Leonardo, Michelangelo, Donatello, and Raphael. But, regardless, and now a no-hands orgasm. So this is my question. Is it more progressive to show Dr. Crusher having an orgasm or to not show it? On the one hand, sexualization of women. On the other hand, uh, I know that oftentimes the female orgasm is uh, stigmatized and censored in media as being too blatantly erotic whenever uh, orgasms in men or, or erections are considered uh, fair play. So, I don't know, you, you tell me. I'm That is not going to be the poll for this week. I'm not putting that in the poll. God, I don't know what I could safely pull for this week, to be honest with you. So our episode's kind of coming to a... I was going to say head. I thought, no, let's not say head. And then I thought, what's the other word? Climax. 
great, amazing, stepped right in it. Uh, it is coming to the rising action. So our plot's thickening. Yeah, that works. Okay, so <laughs> as Dr. Crusher quits Starfleet and, um, you know, quits her job forever, gives Picard five-minute warning, and just beams out of there and accuses him of kidnapping to get away. So now Deanna's like, yeah, no, that shit's cray. Sus. Um, so now we know something's up. God. Weather control pattern. You think it's related? Well, the A and B plots usually are, sir. Um, and we are the... Uh, gonna go with B plot, sir. I think, I think we're the B plot. We have an out-of-control weather system in fog on the bridge. But really nothing tense. She's fucking a ghost, sir. I can feel it. So, uh... She has, she has what we beta Zeds call the ghost fucking hunger. You can... I didn't recognize it at first because we live among humans. And humans so rarely fuck ghosts. I was just telling my mom that the other day. And, uh... Because she was talking about one of her friends who was fucking a ghost. And I said, Mom... I'm sorry, Mother... Uh... Do you think humans lack a spiritual side and that's why they don't fuck so many ghosts? But then she's like, oh, no, no, no. Humans just don't like fucking ghosts. They can't see them most of the time. If you ever hear about anaphasic energy, that's basically ghost sex juice for humans. So you should watch out for anything that has anaphasic energy in it. Um, we're talking about... Oh, right. The light... <laughs> I mean, this is not grave robbing. It's a light exhumation of a corpse. Um, cause, cause Nana is an anaphasic fucking battery. Um, are we really done with all of our O-face scenes? We really are making a climax out of this. So, <laughs> uh, it would be great if they just got out shovels, but then it's like a Futurama thing and they just beam her out with the shovels. Just transport her shovels. So, whoa, whoa, not done. Not done yet. She's going to sit in this chair and journal about this stuff until, um, I guess she dies in about 70 years. I'm really not getting the stakes here. So Dr. Crusher might leave Star Trek for a, might leave Starfleet for, uh, uh, great goopy time. And honestly, you know, same. But, uh... You'd think eventually her brain would be like, Oh, getting used to these same signals all the time. Always some motherfucker. Just trying to break in. It'd be hilarious if it was Wesley. She's like, darn it! He's like, I didn't get to interrupt you having sex as a child. I, I was missing out. So now I want to, uh... Make up for lost time. But no, it's Picard. You know, I like to think in the liberal uh, utopia of the future, you occasionally walk in your uh, friends having sex, masturbating. It happens. 10% chance you get invited in. But, you know. <laughs> Sorry for uh, stopping your guys. Do they even have locks? <laughs> Picard with a lockpick. It wasn't locked, Beverly. I just came in. So he's got a little magnet just on the other side and moves the deadbolt. 
And Picard's like, I want to meet this guy. He sounds hot. All right, Jean-Luc, I don't know what your game is. I know what his game is. Picard's going for the Chasing Amy ending. He's going to be involved in the A-plot, goddammit. You can't relegate him to weather control duty. So, yeah, her eyes changed color. Just is interesting. Um, Picard's like, I love you all natural, baby. But, um, I guess it's just a regular surgery you can do. Good little effect to green up her eyes. Mm. Again, this should be Deanna. I think Deanna could handle this just well. Better. I mean, I if there's one time when you when Picard should be Deanna, that maybe it could be Picard. It's because he's an old friend of hers. I don't think he's old friending very well. It's like, damn. This guy's given Sully from Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman a run for his money. We like men with slightly longer, but not too long hair. Generically handsome, kind of tall. A lot of call for that in the 90s. I mean... You had sex with her grandma. Also, you're a candle ghost. Also, not that Scottish. I guess they are the only two non-Scottish people in the entire village, so... Oh, no, we got transporters, man. We don't desecrate graves anymore. It's all perfectly legal. <laughs> and I can stand for this run? What are you going to do? Go to the governor? You going to vote against him? Can you vote, ghost? I mean, <laughs> I've heard of dead people voting, but usually it's Republicans. Usually it's Republicans that are voting from beyond the grave. So, I mean, I don't know if... I don't know Ron's political leanings. I mean... He's an abusive ghost who's trying to trick a woman into a long-term relationship, so 60-40. Um, yeah, I think I'm just giving up on having any, any conservative listeners. Uh, anyway, Dr. Crusher's kind of snapping out of it to help Dr. Uh, Dr. Picard. Uh, just regular Dr. Crusher. You must come. She's already done that, buddy. Hey, in her sense of medical ethics are overriding Ronan's power over her. Finally, we see the violence inherent in the candle ghost. Look, he has a robotic heart. You, if you give Picard a robot dick, there's no telling where this could go. You know, and the and the mistakes will be, um, the, the mistakes will be twice as much fun because you're learning together. But you are a doctor, right? You're definitely a doctor. So if something goes wrong with the robot deck, you can, you can, um, you know, you can have that scene because terrible things go wrong with the robot deck. Oh, what are we doing? Oh, yeah, we're doing the body. I'm digging up grandma. Hinchless graveyards of the future. Hingeless, co not graveyard, hingeless coffins of the future. So, a couple quick notes. No blood. Uh, maybe missing a few organs. 100% rigor mortis. And there is no back on that dress. So, exhume at your own risk, gentlemen. 
She's dead. I don't even know how this is possible. But, you know, whatever. She's possessed by a ghost. She can shoot lightning from her fingertips. I'm going to say a lot of things about this episode, but you always choose lightning hands. And Nana Howard chose lightning hands. Ah, Dr. Crusher making that sanity tin work for her. I mean, she gets it. In the end, she got it. She figured out what was happening. Yeah, you've been filled with anaphasic energy. Feels pretty good, though, right? On your shoulders? <laughs> He's like, ah, I don't want to harden you. I want to protect you. It would be cool to have a ghost. You guys could do you could do, you could do cool things. You could solve mysteries. Doctor and the ghost. I'm taking care of the living and the dead. Saturdays at eight seven central. I don't I don't know what comes on. I, I suppose it's a Saturday morning cartoon. Is there is there a lot of primetime programming on Saturdays? I mean we'll just put it on Paramount Plus. It's fine. Um. I mean he's been an organism. That he needs, he needs you to live, and then you guys get also benefits. I submit to you that this is symbiosis. The emotional manipulation is bad. So, um, on the other hand, you know, if someone just gives you, if a regular human gives you a really good orgasm, um, then, uh, you know, and then you're motivated to stay with them for that. Is that biochemical exploitation? If a ghost with magic powers gives you orgasms so good you immediately quit your job and cut off contact with your friends, that clearly is. So maybe there's a line in there, but this is definitely 100% over it. You've just been re-ghosted. Was that, was that a Ghost in the Shell series? That sounds like it may have been a Ghost in the Shell series. Yeah, was he going places? Was he just invisible this whole time? Or was he changing energy types? He's going to go back into the weather machine. You guys can eventually find a symbiosis with the evil weather machine. I know he's going to try to go into her. Oof. Surely you guys could have found a way to keep him alive without spiritual possession or an evil candle. He's just an organism trying to live. It seems like with about ten more minutes of thought, you guys could have worked something out. He seemed fine in Nana. He could have, you know, um, body slid into Grandma. That's not the right word for it. Skin road? Oof, boy, that's, I think he was already skin riding Grandma. Um... Oof. Um, I feel I feel like there was an alternative here to just murdering the bad ghost. He seems slightly more complicated than that. Again, emotionally abusive. I'm not crying over him. I'm just saying. I feel like there's a more Star Trek answer to this rather than no more ghost dick. Abusive. Occult. Kind of like a two-person cult, honestly. Yeah, we're all sad, Bev. I always want people to... 
enjoy having orgasms. So it's great. Right? Yeah, because you never called her. I can't really throw too many stones. I haven't called my grandparents. So. You know, so it's a question. The original series would have asked a question about pleasures of the flesh versus like one's pursuit of larger ideals, which this episode sets up equivocally. Sit in a little house, get pure biochemical hits, or go out into the space, deal with the uncertainty of that, and you explore new horizons and shit. TOS would have knocked this out of the park. And you know Shatner would have brought his A-game for those orgasms. Final thoughts on Sub Rosa. Pretty good episode. Bye.